Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is Tom Nettles. This is the first broadcast in a new audio that will be on the Founders Ministries site. It's going to be entitled The Doctrinal Component. The purpose of this is to find phrases in a variety of sources, mainly from Scripture, but also from sermons and confessions of faith and perhaps uh, literature of other sorts, and to seek to tease out the doctrinal component that we can find within these things. The nature of doctrinal development in Scripture reflects the character of Scripture itself. It is something that is thoroughly consistent with itself. It is designed to produce greater clarity about the knowledge of God and the knowledge of redemption. There is within Scripture several consistent themes that are edifying to us, that give redemptive truth to us, and that let us know about the nature and attributes of God. Peter referred to this briefly in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 where he talks about we have the word of the prophets made more sure or we have the word of the prophets confirmed or perhaps we have the prophetic word given greater clarity. There he was talking about the fact that the prophets themselves as they gave prophecy clearly from God wanted to look into these prophecies further and they wanted to discern Who was the person and what were the times in which these things would be given when they predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glory that would follow? And so when Peter in 2 Peter talks about we have the prophetic word made more sure, he's talking about how the events of Christ and then the events of Revelation that come to the apostles give that kind of clarity that the prophets themselves wanted, though it was revealed to them that these things were not going to be given to them, but they were going to be reserved for that generation in which Christ himself would come. And so we're going to look at the doctrinal component in many different things. And the the foundation of this, of course, is going to be certain assumptions that we have about the Scripture itself. First of all, we're going to affirm that Scripture is a deposit of revealed truth. This means that we learn things in Scripture we could not know in any other way. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, Paul talks about this very clearly when he talks about the things that we could not learn through the eyes or the ears or even through our reasoning capacities. But these things, he says, God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. And he's revealed them to us in order that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Also, we have Ephesians 3 where Paul talks about the mystery that was kept hidden, uh, but now has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. Uh, These passages let us know that what we have in Scripture, what we have in the Gospel, is a revelation from God. This is something we could not know apart from the fact that God has graciously revealed it to us. If he has revealed it to us and revealed it to these apostles when they preached, 
Uh, it has been given perpetuity so that its original intent, its original clarity, its original truthfulness comes down to us. It would not do any subsequent generations any good if there were no mechanism by which that original revelation could be transferred to us in a way that was credible, in a way that was, uh, that was sure. So we, we affirm that the Bible is inspired. This ascertains the accurate communication and perpetuity of what is revealed. In fact, in that passage in 1 Corinthians where Paul is talking about the necessity of this revelation being given us, he says, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths in spiritual words. There are words that are perfectly fit for communicating the spiritual truth that is given us by revelation. So we've affirmed that the Bible is uh, a book of revelation, that it's inspired. And we also affirm, therefore, that it is infallible. The divine origin and superintendence of what is written uh, gives it the character of infallibility. Its providence, that is, the place from which it comes, ascertains the impossibility of its being erroneous. Titus 1.2 uh, Paul talks about the covenant relationships, and he says, which God, who never lies, promised. Uh, the word there is the unlying God. This is an attribute of God. His full truthfulness is an attribute, just like his eternality uh, is, and just like his justice is, and his mercy, and his grace. He is also the unlying God. So what he inspires, what he reveals is absolute truth. It's impossible for it to be uh, erroneous. 1 John 1, John says, We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message that we have heard from him, and we declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This means there is no darkness either in his holiness, in his absolutely perfect, infinitely wonderful uh, moral character, nor is there any darkness in his knowledge. There's nothing of which he is not aware. There's nothing that he ha over which he does not have control. And so he knows everything because he has created everything and he sustains everything. And then later John goes on to say, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The assumption there is that the complete doctrine of sin in Scripture, our condemnation in Adam, our corruption because of the punishment that was placed upon Adam as a result of his disobedience. In the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die, God promised him, and uh, corruption of heart was the first element of the death into which he fell, and that has been given to us. If that seems like it's too difficult and we don't like that doctrine, if we say we have not sinned, then what we're doing is we say that God, who told us all of this, who gave us the revelation of Adam as the first uh, man, Adam and Eve as the first couple, that they fell and that sin has come upon all the world because of their fall, as Paul talks about in Romans 5, then this very difficult doctrine is something, if we do not believe it, it says we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So God does not lie. He cannot lie. He does not lie about these 
things. Well, there are other introductory elements that I want to deal with in explaining what I'm going to do in the doctrinal component, uh, but uh, this is enough for today. I plan for these to be anywhere from six to nine minutes long. Uh, we're over eight minutes at this point, and so in the second uh, edition of the Doctrinal Component, I will give more of this background information. Thank you very much for listening.